0: On Sunday afternoons, if I have a place to go in my car and it's later in the afternoon, I turn on satellite radio and I listen to the Protestant radio station and a particular show that has to do with the gospel that we heard tonight. It's a particular brand of Protestantism that focuses on the second coming of Christ and almost exclusively upon the second coming of Christ. So in this, this radio show, the individuals are talking about the signs of the times that they see today. So we, they talk about the polarization in our society, the rampant disrespect for life, starting with conception but then through natural death, looking at the wars and the insurrections, looking at the challenges that we have in our society today, looking at globalization, looking at all the weather patterns, hey, like Hurricane Ian here just a week or two ago, all of those kinds of things, and they say, you know what? It's adding up that Jesus Christ is coming again, second coming, end of the world, really soon. We don't know when, but he's coming really soon. And I listen to that, and I'm listening, okay, well, I'm, I'm listening to the reasoning and everything like that, and I'm going, well, some of the stuff they're talking about makes sense. And then I find this growing anxiety within me. It's like, what? Is it going to happen tomorrow? Or is it going to happen real soon or next week or something? And I'm not making fun of them or light of them, but it, it, it just raises the anxiety within me. And I'm going, hmm, you know, do they, do they really know? Do they really know? Or, or are, they, are they pointing to something that they know about? I, I really can't say. But for sure what I can say is that when they start speaking, I'm reminded of a gospel like we heard tonight. So I'm going to ask us, invite us, to dive into that gospel for just a little bit. And I'm not going to try to twist and turn it and all this kind of stuff to say, everything's fine. No, I'm not going to do that. But what I am going to do is just explain a couple things that come from that gospel as they are going to relate to our lives right now. So the first thing that, that I want to share with you is that in this gospel, in, in fact, throughout St. Luke's gospel, Jesus is being shown as as a prophet. He's Messiah, the Son of God, and part of him being a Messiah is that he is a prophet. He is the Word of God, and he speaks the Word of God. Now, prophets, as they speak the Word of God, speak to the people at their particular time, and it applies to them their own particular time, and their words can be projected into the future and have very much of an application and effect in the future. It's not like that That a prophet or Jesus is in acting as a prophet is, a, is telling the future, but his words have effect. And when once we see what he's talking about and apply it to our time after he spoke it 1,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago, we're gonna say, oh yeah, what he said then has application to us today. So when Jesus was talking about the temple being destroyed, okay, the temple was, was in Jerusalem. It was the second one that had been built. And that... I wish we could see it, because it had to have been absolutely gorgeous. And at that time, the temple had not been destroyed. It was the center of worship for our Jewish brothers and sisters. They did their sacrifices there. They did their prayers, everything right there in the temple. You had to make pilgrimage to the temple certain times during the year. It was gorgeous. But you know what? When Jesus said, destroy this temple, you know what happened? In 70 AD, that temple was destroyed, and it's never been rebuilt since. So here's the prophetic word. Jesus speaks then, and it happens in the future. But you know what? His words also have a resounding effect as far as our lives today. Because another thing that he was talking about is himself. Destroy this temple. What what do do you think he was talking about? His crucifixion on the cross. That he would be the one sacrificed. You know, like they do sacrifices in the temple? Now he would be the one who was sacrificed. And he would die. That's destruction. He would die and then rise from the dead. And I tell you what, as the temple when it was destroyed in 70 AD had a huge effect in our Jewish brothers and sisters' lives, Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, the temple destroyed who rose from the dead, has epic tsunami Richter scale off the scale earthquake kind of effect in the world and in the universe. Everything is different after Jesus died and rose. And that's what we're gonna we're gonna focus on today is that 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 powerful, be off the scale earthquake, that tsunami, that hurricane of Jesus' death and resurrection that has effect in the world today. And so the words he spoke about himself are still true today. How do we see that those words are still true today? Well, if we're followers of Jesus, and I'm saying all of us are, so if we're followers of Jesus, then one thing that we can expect is what we find in the Gospel today when he says that some of you will be persecuted, some of you will be handed over, some of you will be hauled into court literally, in order to give testimony to me. Now, when I was a kid, I thought that was far off in outer space. But now in 2022, I see this this prophecy or these words of Jesus coming true in our age with great magnitude and force. There are more Christians who are being persecuted today than maybe, some say, some say, maybe during the Roman Empire. There are more Christians who are losing their lives, some say today, than than what happened during the Roman times. We are experiencing persecution. And there are people being hauled to court because of what they believe, because they are faithful to Jesus, His words, and what He calls us, commands us to do in the world today. I mean, look at the churches that have been, were desecrated since Roe v. Wade decision, just as a small example. There is persecution today. The words are taking effect even today. Now, does that mean that Christ is going to come tomorrow, that the end of the world is going to come tomorrow? I don't know. I can't say, because I really don't know. But we are in a time where we see it's already happening, but not yet in terms of the second coming of Jesus. Okay, then let's, let's turn real quickly to... To when Jesus is talking about there's wars, there's going to be insurrections, there's going to be problems in society, there's going to be these natural disasters like Hurricane Ian. Think derecho 2020. Think the flood of 2008 if you were around in the metro area in Cedar Rapids. go. We can go on and on and on and on about that. But those things happened during Jesus' time. He talked about that. They've happened ever since. They're happening in our time. Oh. So it's another example of already, but not quite yet, for Jesus' second coming. But whenever those things happen, they can be signs to us that we need to be sharp, that we need to stand on the ready, that what our faith is all about, and especially our brothers and sisters who are being persecuted and put to death because of our faith today, is something that is very serious and is not to be set aside or to be approached casually. Jesus meant business, if you will, when he called us to conversion, when he died and rose from us, and when he calls us unto himself. It's not kind of like a hobby or something that you do on vacation to believe. This is it. This is the central part of our lives, and and, and it should be the earthquake in our lives that has shaken us from sin and calling us unto the life of Christ. Take the signs as something very serious in terms of how we live the faith today. Now, when I was thinking about that, that, that scripture reading, some of these things that Jesus talked about are beyond control. How many people, and I, this is a ridiculous question, I know. How many people would just love to have another derecho come by like we had in 2020? 20, how many people would want that? Nobody. How many people felt powerless, though, when that derecho came? I remember being here in this church down there in, in, in front of the glass doors. But being there and, and like the, the, the church doors were kind of, I just opened it a little bit to see what was going on out there. And I was afraid the door was gonna be sucked off. And so we closed the doors, locked up those doors so that it wouldn't happen. I mean, this thing was real and I know you, you know it too. But one of the things that I felt was just absolutely powerless. And then you hear the trees cracking, and then the lights are blinking, and then the lights go out, and they don't come back on for a whole week, you know? Whoa! We can feel powerless. Or how about the pandemic? How many people just were thrilled about that? We can feel very powerless, and and we can feel angry about it. And we can feel depressed about it, and and on and on that can go. but But these events, we have no control over, right? And they do affect us, and they can have some very negative effects upon us. Same thing in terms of what Jesus is talking about, beyond the natural disasters, what's happening in our world today, you name it, the persecution. We can feel, understandably, very powerless, very frustrated, and maybe even very upset about it. So what gives then? What gives? There are a couple things that I'm going to conclude with. One is this. Let's say, and I'm just say, posing this for the sake of argument, okay? Let's say that each and every one of us here has the faith the size of a mustard seed. Remember, Jesus talked about that. Okay, what did he say about if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed? You could command this tree, and it would be uprooted, and it would go into the seed. The faith the size of a mustard seed Don't underestimate the power. It's not your power, but don't underestimate the power of your faith and how your faith speaks to you now and how your faith works in you. If we concentrate upon our frustration, if we anger of being being powerless, if we concentrate on that, we're going to miss it. Your faith, even if it's the size of a mustard seed, is very powerful because it comes from the Lord. And that power will act in ways that you may not anticipate. And I'm not promising you anything grandiose when I say that. But just the power, if you will, to believe is very, very significant. And we can always say, we can always pray, because Jesus had that with his disciples in the Gospel and other passages, they say, pray for an increase of your faith, a deepening of your faith, a a, a greater appreciation, if you will, of what you were given on the day of your baptism. And lastly, and lastly, I know that some people in here are runners. I used to run until I fell down, and then I discovered I was too old to run anymore, so I can't do that now. But here's the deal. Imagine yourself as a runner. If you're not a runner, imagine yourself as a football player in the stadium. Okay? So you're down at, at Kenneck Stadium right now. Uh, and you're, you're, you're there, and you're, you're in the middle of, of the stadium, but on the field, on the field. And you have run, or you have played your heart out. And then I want you to imagine all of the people who are, it's a packed stadium, it's packed. Uh, standing room only, it's packed. And I want you to imagine all of the people in that stadium cheering for you and, and, and doing everything they can from the stands to keep you going to keep you running, to keep you playing, to keep you tackling, to keep you blocking. And they have your best interests at heart. And that, my friends, that, my friends, is what we call the communion of saints. The communion of saints. It's real. They're the ones in heaven. And they are part of this great big stadium. And they are yelling and they are cheering for you. But it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. They are interceding for you. Standing before God and cheering for you. Standing before God and cheering for you. That's what the saints do. And if you have a favorite saint like I do, like Saint John Paul II, hey, Saint John Paul II, you gotta help. You know what communism, communism is. You know what Nazism is. You know what a hard road to hoe is. Come on, I need some help. That's what we can do with all the saints. But maybe you have a favorite one. If you don't, please find one. And ask that saint or ask the saints to intercede for you. You can't see them, I know. But that doesn't matter. They're very powerful as they stand before the Lord, including and especially our mother, the Blessed Mother, what an intercessor with a mother's heart not only for jesus but for you because she loves jesus lord increase our faith call upon those who are rallying for you to inspire and to intercede we need not live in fear in fear like the gospel pay attention to it we don't need to leave, leave, live in fear of it and we don't have to stay angry or frustrated or down and depressed by what gets us down and bothers us here on this good earth because we believe and we have a strong powerful army that is supporting us so be not afraid Keep sharp and keep living your life.